Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing Page Optimization expert, Tim Ash, is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome back, loyal listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this time my guest is Kevin Eichelberger. He's the founder and CEO of Blue Acorn. Uh, they're an agency that, among other things, has a really strong focus area in uh, landing page testing for e-commerce. In fact, last time I saw Kevin was at, when I was speaking at the Optimizely uh, uh, event in San Francisco. Uh, Kevin, welcome to the show. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So for those of, uh, of our listeners that aren't familiar with Blue Acorn, can you give us just a quick sketch of, of what you guys do? Absolutely. So uh, Blue Acorn is a six-year-old company that focuses on the online retail space and, and works with our clients closely on design, development, and optimization for creating uh, user experiences that convert. Okay, so e-commerce uh, and uh, website development as well as optimization. So how, how, in terms of your practice, how does that break down? How much of it is kind of what you would say, well, more or less standard user experience and web development versus optimization? How do you, well, how is that, how do your clients do that and how do you think it should be? Where is that balance, in other words? Well, it, it's an evolution for our business and for, I think, many of our clients to look at the ways that we would traditionally approach design and development and to start incorporating a lot of the optimization techniques that typically in many organizations happen after the fact to actually start incorporating them earlier into the decision-making process. And uh, if you ask me where it should be, uh, it should be throughout. And where I see most of it today is, again, after the fact. And uh, as a percentage of our business in terms of uh, our work and how it's made up, you know, we look at it as how much of it today is that traditional design and development and how much more are we going to be incorporating data analytics and optimization into those processes? So I guess we'll, we'll never be at 100%, I guess. Uh, but our goal is to you know, work with our clients closely, help them understand the benefits of it, and, and to be really leveraging the benefits of being a little bit more data-driven and optimization-driven uh, throughout those processes. Okay, so if I can do the, the quick uh, translation. Uh, basically, uh, I think it would be fair to say that there's still not enough emphasis on the optimization piece. And uh, you're trying oh, absolutely. to kind of move people in that direction. That seems to be yeah. kind of the state of the state. Okay, well, let, let's talk about that. I mean, you talked about staging, and you said that, uh, you know, it, op, you don't build, then optimize. You need to kind of fuse the two together and have optimization be incorporated into your web development, uh, well, your web architecture, web development, and, uh, you know, launch process. Tell us more about how those two play together. Specifically, I'm interested in, okay, you have an e-commerce platform and then you probably have third-party testing tools because the ones built into e-commerce aren't usually that strong. How do you make those two play nice and how do you uh, do the the development process with testing uh, in the forefront of your thinking? Yeah, I think it really comes down into the two different forms. So on one hand, many companies are engaging in website redesigns or replatforms, 
And on the other hand, they're already on an existing platform that uh, they plan on working with for several years. And they're largely executing a roadmap of enhancements and improvements to, uh, to continue to improve their site. So I'll start with the first one, and that being for full-scale redesigns or implementations. Okay, so yeah, let me just stop you there. So this is usually, if you're going to do a fundamental rethink of your whole website, what I also heard you saying kind of behind the scenes is that that's a really good time to consider a wholesale platform change and get on the appropriate e-commerce cart software, right? I think the two are often coupled together. They don't technically need to be, but um, if you're going to go through that process, it's a good time to reevaluate the technology, the underlying technology. Um, but oftentimes, uh, I think companies typically, when they replatform, often redesign as well. Uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing could be a, another topic for discussion. But um, you know, if you've made the decision to replatform or redesign, I think there's a lot of things that uh, that the, today, the way that many companies go about that process could incorporate additional techniques to improve the outcome of that process. And okay, but still, I want to talk about kind of the staging a little. I mean, I'll probably uh, let me see if I can kind of clarify this. So, for for example, when we do a website redesign from scratch, what we call the strategic conversion jumpstart. It's a blueprint for a high converting web experience, right? We say, look, and whether it's e-commerce or whatever your content management system is in another setting, we say, uh, let's figure out what it needs to do. Then you go find the platform that will support that. Uh, because if, if you're going to be constrained by the platform, that's a problem. You're going to have to twist yourself into a pretzel on the user experience side. Uh, so do you agree with that approach? Are you, what, what are the drawbacks of choosing a platform first versus designing what you're going to build first? Yeah, you know, it's a it's an interesting uh, question because, to be honest, Tim, I think a lot of companies make the decision of platform before they decide on the user requirements. Uh, yeah, so I've in seen that case, too, and I, should, yeah, I think it's kind of backwards, but I want to hear your opinion on it. Yeah, um, so many companies come to us with an RFP already defined of the functionality and the requirements of the system that they're going to want in a new system. And they base it off of that and then go through a user experience uh, process of uh, defining what the functionality for a user standpoint should be, defining the requirements around that. Uh, but it, it largely happens after they choose a platform and after the RFP has been created. Um, in our case, because we do work with Magento primarily, it is a platform that has a great deal of flexibility in it, so we can deliver on any requirements as they come up, even if it's after the fact. But you know, to your point, I think it makes a lot of sense to uh, go through the user experience process first to ultimately define uh, you know, a more holistic set of requirements that take into account the optimal user experience and then find a platform that's going to best suit those requirements. So. Uh, I think it, in many cases it would actually make a lot more sense to do it that way. So, Kevin, so all right, let's assume that we're talking about the scenario where they've already picked a platform, so Magento for most of your clients, and now you're going about designing the user experience. How do you, as early as possible or most easily, build optimization and the hooks in for that? That's a great question. So one of the things that we've done internally in our organization is that we've actually merged our user experience team along with our optimization and data team. So ultimately, 
Uh, those teams collaborate during the initial uh, discovery and design processes. So uh, as an example of some specific areas that we incorporate that in and, and where other organizations can do that as well is in the original design uh, conversation, right? So uh, obviously creating user personas being a big part of that, but you know, finding opportunities for optimization and learnings from A, the existing site where uh, a lot of decisions are made in the UX design process and those decisions are made based on well, largely someone's uh, opinion or, or an idea or a hypothesis or, or the hippo in many cases. But that know, would we encourage many of our clients. Opinion. The, for those not familiar with that acronym, a hippo stands for a highest paid person's opinion. Exactly. I throw that term out pretty casually uh, without realizing that not everyone uh, knows what it means. But it's those are the common ways that people make decisions in the design process. And ultimately, what we push our clients to do is to, A, take some time to test on the current site. You know, as we think about what might be a better user experience, you know, we're creating hypotheses ultimately. And, and through research and through persona development and through user experience flows, we're, we're creating several hypotheses along the way that would be great to validate on the current site. In many cases, that could take the shape of performing conversion optimization or A-B split testing on the current site to validate that hypothesis before it actually gets thrown in with the new site. Um, okay, so let me expand on that a little. So if, if you're talking about that, you really need to think about uh, – Stuff that can be done tactically. In other words, you know, if your if your design is a complete rethinking of the buying process with a buying guide or something, obviously that's hard to test. But if you're just talking about tactical changes within a product detail page or in your checkout process, those are probably things that you can test, right? So exactly, you can't, you can't really test some fundamental changes. You can only test more localized changes. The larger wholesale changes, we would typically use something like user testing or get some more qualitative type uh, feedback points uh, off of prototypes. But as far as uh, tactical type decisions, absolutely. Uh, these are things that can be tested on the current site as far as conceptually or, or hypothesis that um, you know a certain type of navigation or flow might uh, be better than the current one, as an example. And uh, so I oftentimes see the impediments of doing uh, this type of activity during the design process, the first of which being timeline. Uh, many organizations are oftentimes uh, hard-pressed to launch a new site by a certain date, uh, which oftentimes means the design process can only take so long. And uh, the biggest reasons I see companies not engaging in this is largely because of timeline and that this process to gather more data than what you already have takes additional time and uh, ultimately uh, that ends up being one of our of our biggest uh, enemies in the process okay well i think uh, it's we've come up on our first commercial break we'll be back in two minutes and i want to pick up on our conversation when you mentioned personas because that's a swear word in my mind but i want to explore what you mean by it we'll be back in two minutes after a word from our sponsors more lpo landing page optimization in just a moment 
Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. As a business owner, you labor for the love of it, and you don't always have time to worry about your website. With GoDaddy Managed WordPress, you don't have to. Simply create your WordPress site or migrate an existing site. GoDaddy will handle the hosting, setup, backups, and security. And keep your site running at blazing speed so you can share your passion with your customers online. Visit GoDaddy.com and enter code MANAGED to get managed WordPress for $1 a month, plus a free domain. Some limitations apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back, uh... This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And my guest this time is Kevin Eichelberger, founder and CEO of Blue Acorn. And Kevin, I just want to pick up our discussion about personas. Now, you said, you know, one of the keys to your kind of redesign process is the creation of personas. Tell me what you mean by personas and be as specific as possible, please. Sure. No, it's a it's a great point. So personas, in our definition, are ultimately... Uh, profiles of the types of use cases that might occur on the site. So we'll define them typically based on a combination of a demographic profile as well as sample use cases by which that person might be shopping on the site, Uh, a.k.a. what type of things are they looking for, why are they looking for them. Um, So I'll give you an example. Uh, Smartwool is is a client of ours, and Smartwool sells – uh, they're a brand that makes some of the best uh, woolen-based uh, socks and, and uh, products and apparel uh, in the world. And, and so when we engaged with them, we talked about why, what were the typical use cases of people shopping on their site? Or more specifically, what are some goals we have uh, around how people shop and what they're looking for? 
And they basically broke those down into three types of major goals that we ultimately crafted personas off of. So we think about the goals for where they saw opportunities for improvement to their site. The first of which is what they called socks in 60 seconds. They wanted the ability of people that were there for the main purpose of buying more socks because ultimately with their brand, uh, they know once you buy their socks, you're hooked. And there's a lot of repeat business for that. Okay. And then what were the other two? Uh, So socks is 60 seconds. The other two were uh, those that were already sock customers that they wanted to uh, merchandise into other product categories. So ultimately, it's a repeat customer that you want to cross sell or upsell. Exactly. And then the third were those that have never bought their products before, and we wanted to get a pair of socks in their hands as quickly as possible. So okay, so prospect. Exactly. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, I, I think that uh, there is redemption for you, Kevin Eichelberger, uh, as long as you stop calling them personas. What you just described in our world, and it's you know in the traditional user experience world, you call them use cases, which is more appropriate. So when we talk about our matrix methodology, uh, I talk about that in my landing page optimization book, we talk about getting the right people through the right activities in the right order. So what you just de- kind of described was the right people or roles or the demographics or their relationship to the site, prospect, or past customer. And you also described a very much a goal or task-based orientation or what are they there to specifically do. So if that's what you mean by personas, I'll buy it. Just stop calling them personas. So definitely <laughs> roles and tasks are very important. To me, personas is all that ad agency bullshit like Mary's a sophisticated cosmopolitan Manhattanite who likes to go clubbing in Soho on the weekends and she reads, you know, alternative punk blogs. You know, that's a persona, but that's not the same as a use case or a user scenario. Yeah, ours is kind of a combination of the three. I think understanding who the people are and what motivates them and their psychology behind why they buy and what they're trying to accomplish, uh, what needs are being met through this process, I think is an important piece. Uh, but yeah, it's probably more of a hybrid of things than a, than a traditionally defined persona. Well, so when we do user scenarios, for example, we describe the, the high-level kind of role and task, who you are and what you're trying to do on the site. We also provide some context, and this can include demographic and psychographic information. But the key to this when we design these scenarios is to only put stuff in the context that would affect how you experience and navigate the site. In other words, what's your set of blinders, competencies, false belief systems, uh, fears, all of that. If that affects how you're going to experience the site and what you're going to do on it, then we want to know it. But not just for local color, if you will, not just for painting a a picture. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I agree 100%. I think we're, we're, we're on the same page, but I wanted just to explore that because that word persona gets thrown around a lot, and it's often the absolute worst thing to start your redesign with. So, But I think we're talking about the correct thing, which is roles and specific tasks you're trying to accomplish. Exactly, yes. Okay, so let's uh, talk about uh, – so you, you've, you've launched the site. Um, you, well, you did some pre-testing to, to validate what the design should be. You've built a new site. Uh, let's switch gears and talk about – optimization. So, you know, it wasn't written on stone tablets and brought down from Mount Sinai. It's going to evolve. So well, sometimes people just start making arbitrary changes to the site. Some things they test. What should you just change and as you go along and what should you test after your launch? The, the general point of view that we have is that everything should at minimum be measured. Every change made should be measured. And 
ultimately in, in our space with today's technology, the most accurate form of measurement that we have is by testing it. Um, so our goal is to test everything. Obviously, uh, we fell well short of that goal with with most clients. And, and to be honest, most of our clients haven't done much testing uh, uh, up to this point or they've dabbled in it. And so really, I look at it as with many things, uh, a step-by-step evolution. And and sometimes you got to start by testing uh, the, the big user experience changes or or things that are, are simple to test just to get some momentum going and get the ball rolling. What I've seen with many of our clients is that organizationally, uh, the direct contacts that we interface with uh, oftentimes are advocates for testing. They're the e-commerce director, the e-commerce manager. They're reporting up through the marketing channel, and they are well aware of how to optimize uh, marketing campaigns. But upstream in many of those organizations, there's a lot of organizational hurdles that they face internally to get budget for testing, to to make testing more widespread. And, and oftentimes okay, so starting – Yeah, so let's explore both of this. So I heard you say two things. One was that uh, you, know, you, you should measure everything, although that's not necessarily the same as testing. So at a minimum, if you're going to make a change, you should collect data of how things were before the change. And even if you're just going to make it – measure what happened after the change so you can say, well, okay, it looks like at least I didn't make things worse, so that's okay to keep in the site, right? But ideally, you want to do this instead of sequential changes like that, like you say, parallel testing where you're simultaneously testing out alternatives to your current version by doing split testing. So does that methodology sound right? So measure everything, but not everything gets tested? Yes, that is correct. Okay, and then the other thing you said is that you have localized support, and I want to explore this, uh, but not necessarily higher up the food chain. So how do you, what are some tactics you use to get a testing program going and get that psychological buy-in? I think ultimately uh, those in charge of the budget, those with the controls on the purse strings, ultimately you want to look at the money that they spend and the money that is brought in as a result of that. And I'm, I'm generalizing here. This isn't the case for every organization, obviously, and, and many organizations have top-down buying and understand the value of an optimization strategy. But for those that are more traditional or that maybe that don't, oftentimes our contacts have challenges tr- trying to get this upstream, uh, some, some buy-in. And so what can really help with that is some early wins. Um, even if I think those of us in the industry, I think really understand the value of a, a tried-and-true optimization approach and a strategy and not just tactical little piecemeal tests, but sometimes tactical little piecemeal tests can build the confidence with the higher-ups in an organization to open the doors a little bit to more of an optimization strategy that is more okay. long-term, that is more thoughtful, that is more... Yeah, sorry, Tim? Yeah, so more strategic. So, I mean, basically, even if you're just doing a dumb green button, orange button test and you, and you just annualize the value of that and say, look, we made a bunch of money... Uh, then you can build psychological momentum. So walk, crawl, run, or crawl, walk, run, right? Uh, for exactly. The yeah. And so uh, things that resources and time. Well, uh, terrific. We're uh, we're up on another break here, and when we come back, I want to explore your masochistic alliance with the LA Kings. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. 
InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. AuthorityLabs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. Uh, this is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And I'm continuing my conversation with Kevin Eichelberger, the founder and CEO of Blue Acorn. Kevin, be- before the break, I mentioned that you're a diehard LA Kings fan, so you spent many years wandering in the desert. But this year was different, wasn't it? Yeah, Um Actually, the Kings won the Stanley Cup two years ago, uh, made it to the uh, semifinals last year, and, and this year when they made it to the finals, I, I made myself a promise that no matter what, I would go to one of the finals games uh, to see them in action. And out of a seven-game series, I, I chose game five to go to, not knowing whether there would be a game five or what the outcome would be, and I uh, was very fortunate enough that the uh, that the stars aligned and the Kings won the Stanley Cup on Game Five, and I literally had to travel from one coast to the other to see the game. So I'm, I'm coming from South Carolina to LA just to uh, see that one game on the hopes that they did win. So it was uh, it was a great experience. Fantastic, yeah. No, it meant so before those the last three years, wasn't there a pretty long spell of when the LA Kings? Oh yes, and, uh, there was a long so well. spell for sure. <laughs> well, good. I think it was like thirty. I think it was thirty-two years or something that they won the cup last. Yeah. So keep the faith, Kevin. I guess it pays off, right? <laughs> Got to stay strong. 
All right. Well, well, good. Uh, let, let's let's talk a little bit about just uh, to our final segment here on just some quick tips. Okay, so I have an e-commerce site, and uh, I want to start optimizing it. So first of all, a tip on what are the orange flags where I should know I should just blow it up and start over instead of tinkering with the current mess? And then uh, what are some tips to, again, get an optimization program off the ground? Yeah, I mean, my individual preference is to not blow the whole thing up unless you have to. It, it you know, it, tell me under what circumstances you feel you have to. I guess that's my question. Yeah, I mean, I would use a variety of data points ultimately, but overall performance of the site and just are we is it a stable base that we can work off of? Does the platform have the functionality and capabilities where it's not limiting us to create uh, a really robust user experience? Uh, does the design have a lot of the best practices and foundational elements that are going to allow us to continue to build upon? Or is it just a terrible starting point to begin with? Does it perform well or does it not perform well? Uh, and which is kind of a, I guess, a, a judgment call, a very subjective measure, but ultimately uh, also taking into account the client's threshold for budget. And uh, would you rather uh, pump everything into a, a big one big redesign or would you rather spread it out over the course of a year in an optimization program that's going to be very results-oriented and continuing trying to move needles one step at a time. Okay, now we, we do both, so I don't have a, a dog in, in the fight, as they say. But, um, I, I mean, I think in a way, though, I, to, to just call you out on I think it's a bit of a false dichotomy because iterative testing will never get you to the same spot as a wholesale uh, considered redesign. Is that fair? Because, you know, you're starting with all the warts and barnacles and the path you took to get there, and you can't get to an optimal experience by just tinkering. It, like I said, it depends on the starting point. But ultimately, I think with a lot of decisions that are made, uh, with big risks come big rewards, right? And so you're going to have the potential for a bigger impact if you do a full redesign. However, you're also going to run the risk that it might perform worse. And I've seen a lot of organizations spend a lot of money on a redesign and actually have it perform worse. And there's no worse feeling in the world than spending gobs of money uh, without, especially in a traditional design process, without a lot of confidence that it's going to perform better. So I think the tactical yeah, no, and over time. Yep. Yeah, no, and I'll agree with you there because I, I read a stat somewhere that 40% of website redesigns in e-commerce perform worse than what they replaced. But, but to be fair... I'm guessing that the vast majority of those did not have conversion or a user-centered experience as the focus of the redesign. It's usually a visual facelift or it's just a replatform and let's put the same old crap on a different platform. There are different motivations where it was, it was headed by an ad agency or a traditional you know, kind of uh, media buying agency instead of people focused on your visitors' needs. I think the ones Absolutely. that are focused on your needs like what you guys do and what we do – tend to have almost universally much higher performance than what they replace. Absolutely. And, and that's why we need these steps involved in those redesigns because, you know, if you look at a majority of the companies that do redesigns, big agencies, et cetera, they don't follow these steps. And so they're going to contribute to those kind of results where it's, it's you know, swing for a home run or strike out. And uh, I think, the evolution of web design as we know it to getting more around UX design and, and more focusing on how do we create 
better user experiences and using data and testing and part of that process to understand what is a better user experience beyond a creative director's opinion, uh, those are going to lead to better results in those full redesigns. Especially beyond the creative director's opinion. That's the last person, no offense, that should be designing your site. Um, They have the wrong motivations. It's not about winning awards. It's about serving your customers, even if it's boring. Um, but, but one of the things I want to say, too, is that there's a more strategic dimension to this. We have a service called the Conversion 360 where we analyze a company's whole preparedness for conversion rate optimization. And as part of that, we do we call it a touchpoint audit. Now, that's a tactical step, but it means looking at not just the customer experience on the website, but taking that offline, taking it to the chat, to the customer support calls, to the email sequence you know, during your ordering and after your ordering process, and all of those, the packaging, how it arrives, you know, how you open it, how you upsell and cross-sell out of that box, all of those things, the whole customer journey needs to be considered. We can't, I don't think we can uh, any longer stay in our ghetto and just focus on the web experience or the mobile experience. Absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of us, uh, even in our industry, are very focused on the web experience, but you know, the, the user experience or the customer experience is how we refer to it because um, it's more of a shopping experience for us, uh, happens at so many different points of the interactions, every interaction with, a, with your customer, not just the interaction of how they interface with your website. And, That's right. Uh, so those online, are really- offline, tablet, phone, especially the millennials and younger are definitely expect kind of a unified experience across all of those channels. So, if you have big gaps, I mean, your website may perform great, but if you expect them to also call you on the phone as part of your ordering process and you drop in balls there, then the website almost doesn't matter. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, so in, in, uh, just a real quick, folks, uh, want to get a hold of you, Kevin. What's the best way to do that? Uh, so our website's blueacorn.com. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is KPE, P as in Paul. And uh, pretty active on social networks, but uh, otherwise you can reach out to me through Blue Acorn or on Twitter. Yeah, terrific. And uh, just a, a, a final reminder for our listeners about our annual big reset uh, in the U.S. We're just going to have one show now, Conversion Conference. It's coming up in May, uh, middle of May 2015 in Las Vegas. So definitely put that on your calendar. Go to conversionconference.com. And check it out. Kevin, I want to thank you so much for, for sharing with our audience and uh, uh, you know, being on the show. It was my pleasure, Tim. Uh, thanks for inviting me and uh, look forward to, uh, to continuing these uh, dialogues. Yeah, and uh, for our loyal listeners, we'll see you on the flip side. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. 
any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.